case you want to assign Your to me. Your first case is the parole of Emil Blonsky. I love Schaefer. I miss this. Of the Hulk, wasn't he? <laughs> you know, I, I tried. He to is the Hulk. It wasn't personal or anything. He's a big man. He's under direct it's not personal. Your government. But then you went oh. on a destructive rampage. Yeah, because they right. put me full of that super soldier. Who's they? Who's they? Mm. Yeah, who's, who's they? they? It's not, mm. I didn't do it, but I know who did. Not me, it wasn't me. <laughs> Are you sure? I would never do it. I would never pump. too much. I would never pump this beautiful man with this extra, extra steroid. But I know who did. I know who did, and I can't wait to get into it today because, yes. oh my gosh. Welcome back to New Rockstars, you guys. Betty Ross enters the MCU again, and it's Liv Tyler is confirmed to make an appearance in Captain America New World Order, along with her father, Thunderbolt Ross, now played by Harrison Ford, and Tim Blake Nelson's the leader. We've got a Hulk, a She-Hulk, Scar, Abomination, uh, what's this, an Incredible Hulk staycation? Also, the runtime for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is much longer than the other Guardian movies. This one in particular needed to be this long to really experience the full arc of every major Guardian's character. This, this was said by James Gunn, not by me. Is this the Guardian's farewell package or is it just James Gunn's? We're going to talk about both of these things today because it's, it's so much to take in. And this is Inside Marvel, <laughs> new Rockstar's weekly Marvel reaction show. I'm Jessica Clemens here with me today is Eric Voss and MT. Hello, Jessica. Yeah, this is this episode's going to be two hours and twenty nine minutes. Not an ounce of fat on <laughs> not it. Not an ounce of fat on it. Not an ounce. I, and I, not to be not. a butthole, not to be a butthole. As soon as he was like, "No, not a, not an ounce of fat on this," I was like, "I better not see an ounce of fat then." I was like, "I better not see right. a single ounce of fat then." And I know. Fat. Yeah, the moment the moment we see a bit of fat in the opening act of the movie, we're just going to stand up and scream. I'm gonna be like, oh, this hurts my feelings. <laughs> be sure to check. Like, who is this? Who's yelling? Yeah, who's yelling? Side note: When I was at Everything Everywhere All at Once, a fight broke out during the rock scene, and I was like, I what? thought it was. The rock scene is so what? quiet, and this guy was like, "If you're gonna talk, get up and talk." Then, and I was like, "Oh my god." I'm crying right now, and these two oh men are fighting. Oh, my God. Watch out for... Was it between R The Rock and Zachary Levi? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? How is that a rock and I'm the rock? There can only be one Jesus. Be sure to check out nerdriot.shop where you can always grab the latest and greatest new Rockstars gear. Right now, you can check out our new line of merch inspired by The Mandalorian Season 3. Support the channel and check out our great merch options over at nerdriot.shop. You you both are always wearing great merch. You're wearing the Super Mario Brothers new Rockstars merch. Yes. It's so Wahoo. cute. Wahoo. And then we got our deep dive, our deep dive shirt. Ooh, Ooh today is. Throw some D's on it. That's throw some D's. <laughs> throw some D's on that. That's the, the motto for the deep dive. We throw should try D's to remix it. it, but I think they'll come for us. I forgot who sings that song. And don't forget to subscribe again to our newest channel, The Deep Dive. Eric just dropped this deep dive on Tim Burton's The Batman. Arguably, oh, yeah. arguably, mm. depends on the person. The best Batman. Depends on the person. The best Batman. In okay. Letterboxd, it was the highest ranked, like, the Batman. And I was like, oh, Which is it's very interesting. I don't think it's the best Tim Burton Batman. I love the movie, but I think Batman Returns is a better Batman. I love, I think it's, I think a lot of Letterboxd has come into, like, nostalgia and which one felt for a lot of people. Mm. And of that time, that was a big cine mm -hmm. cinephile time. So people were just like, this is the best one. Either way, 
Eric just dropped his deep dive on Tim Burns, the Batman, and how it changed superhero films forever. As you know, it is the number one. Subscribe to the deep dive so you don't miss out on that. And let's get into our big discussion today about Betty Ross returning to the MCU. What does this mean for the MCU with Betty Ross's return? Yes, there's a lot of questions around this, but a lot of theories. I think more theories than there are questions. So Betty Ross has literally now entered the chat. Now, Betty Ross appeared in 2008's Incredible Hulk, played by Liv Tyler. She's also Thunderbolt Ross's daughter, a scientist, a professor, the love interest to Edward Norton's Hulk. Eventually in the comics, she does become the Red She-Hulk at the hands of MODOK and the leader. What we know in the MCU right now is that in Captain America New World Order, they casted not just her, Tim Blake Nelson as Samuel Stearns, aka the leader, who was also featured in the 2008's Incredible Hulk, Carl Lumbly as Isaiah Bradley, Danny Ramirez as Joaquin Torres, our new Falcon, and newcomer Shira Haas as Sabra. We can't also forget, of course, Anthony Mackie as Captain America, but what does this mean for the Hulks altogether? Because we could have five potential Hulk blood-related catastrophes in the MCU now if they turn Thunderbolt Ross and Betty Ross both into Hulks like they do in the comics. I just want to hear from you guys what Betty Ross could mean to the MCU and what we're looking forward to with her return. Yeah, I never thought they'd get Liv Tyler back in here. They had uh, the the form of Liv Tyler from um, an episode of What If. Mm, Remember yes, that's yes, one yes, where yes. Hulk pops. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so it seems like they're they're still intent on bringing her back because they completely changed the look from uh, Ed Norton to Ruffalo mm. there, but they kept the look of Liv Tyler. Right. Um, but yeah, I think we uh, it's it's just interesting how they're still afraid to make a Hulk movie. Maybe the the rights might be tied in at Universal. We don't really know. Though, because Universal hasn't really tried to develop a Hulk movie in, like, forever. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see uh, Captain America New World Order that has the backdrop of a Hulk family movie. Uh, that's kind of what it seems to be the case. Uh, if you're going to have Harrison Ford as Thaddeus Ross and his daughter. Um, now, the set photos that have come out look like it's at a, like, a funeral mm -hmm. setting. Hmm. Where where Mackie's arm is in a sling. Do we think this could be the funeral of uh, the former president Ritson from Secret Invasion, Dermot Mulroney, or Dylan McDibby? Uh, you know, one of the most confusing <laughs> actors in Hollywood. <laughs> um, yeah, do we think he might die and then that's like the funeral they're at and then that could ascend to Thaddeus Ross, like Vice President Thaddeus Ross in mm -hmm. the position of the presidency? That's what I'm kind of wondering about the political <laughs> the succession political. of this. I, I think President Ritson has to be the president because there was not only the little, uh, it wasn't a spoiler. I wouldn't say it was a spoiler. It was a piece, of a, a piece of a newspaper that had him in it. And I think in New World Order. And then we have that little stinger of it, uh, the ticker of it in Wakanda Forever. So I think it's leading to like President Ritson. Something has to happen to President Ritson with either that he's a scroll or that he's dead. <laughs> and I want mm -hmm. it to be that he's a scroll. Because it's like, mm. I, I don't, would, would it make for, I guess, would it make for good storytelling if President Ritson, not a scroll, does die, and then the next person in line is Thunderbolt Ross, and then we just have to figure out where Thunderbolt Ross has been since we last saw him? Would that make for uh, too much, too little? I think having the president be a scroll would be, <laughs> like, the ultimate um, fear tactic for, like, people like mm -hmm. Val to use... Um, to make the people scared for the scrolls oh. in the MCU. And I think that, um, yeah, I think having mm. the, the president, having the scrolls infiltrate the presidency would freak people out. Yes. And like it would probably bolster uh, President um, Red Hulk, who's just like super anti alien, super, just super, like mm -hmm. basically like we can't have anybody coming onto our uh, planet. We have to build a wall around the planet, basically. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of parallels to that. 
But uh, yeah, I feel like it's probably going to be a scenario where um, uh, the president gets replaced by a scroll. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. I think you're right, MT. I think Secret Invasion, we do see a shot of, of Dermot Mulroney in a presidential, um, as, like an SUV, like mm. part of the, the motorcade. And it gets hit. It gets like hit by a missile or something like that. So I wonder if the real President Ritson gets killed, mm. but that's just kept under wraps. And then they replace him right. with like, you know, the, the Kevin Klein movie, Dave. They replace him with a puppet version of him who is a scroll pretending to be him. Right. So that conspiracy gets exposed by Thaddeus Ross, right. who leads kind of the military industrial complex. Mm. And he's like, you can trust me. Get off my plane. <laughs> I need to find my wife. And then so we he gets thrust into power through some kind of like constitutional crisis or something like that. Maybe there's some kind of coup, but he's able to seize control of the White House. Maybe there's an election to justify it. Uh, and then he gets to become president that way. But like the fact that Liv Tyler is coming back too, you know, it puts her in a position where she's going to have to temper her old man. Mm. I don't know if they're going to make Liv Tyler or Hulk too, because, you know, uh, you know, are they really going to put uh, the budget behind hulking out Liv Tyler as well? I think at that point it might become just too much of a Hulk movie. The thing what I would like, if I had to choose between Thunderbolt Ross turning into a Hulk or Liv Tyler, I'd probably choose Liv Tyler. And that's only because um, I, this is a really stupid example. But I was watching an interview with uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker from uh, uh, from ages ago, the creators of South Park, where they said, if you say, and then, if you're writing a script and you keep saying, and then, and then, and then mm. you're going to be trapped in a hole. But if you say, therefore, this happens, that's that's when you don't find yourself in that hole. And I think turning uh, Thunderbolt Ross into the Hulk is a more, and then, and then, and then, and then this happens. But I think turning mm. Liv Tyler into the Hulk is like, okay, so therefore, Thaddeus Ross is going to be like, my daughter's a Hulk. Like, <laughs> Hulks have ruined my life. And this is his reaction is becoming the president and being mm. like, we need to stop all of these things from happening. I like that storyline in the comics where Thunderbolt Ross turns himself into a Hulk because he hates the Hulk so much. Like, that's, he's like, I'm going to turn myself into a Hulk because I'm the, that's the only way I can defeat a Hulk. So I think him slowly going into madness because his daughter, that justification and that motive is really good to change. I just also, it, maybe she gets turned into a Red Hulk by dying first. Uh, I know I love when people die mm. in these movies, but giving him like a motive that's his daughter, I think, is what lifts him up to become president. No, uh, those are all really, really good points. But I, I think that Liv Tyler's inclusion in uh, New World Order is super, super important, considering um, Liv Tyler's um, status as a scientist in the MCU. Because mm. like we would not have the Incredible Hulk the way he is if it wasn't for Liv Tyler's work on um, radiation in, in the human body, it, specifically Bruce Banner's body being able to absorb massive amounts of gamma radiation without dying. Um, it's her science. She she made a um, an antidote or a serum that allowed Bruce to be able to accept the radiation. So I think that having her in this movie, especially with a, um, a maniac who is obsessed with improving humanity like mm -hmm. the leader, I think that he wants to probably use her to try to f like figure out that perfect formula, that juice to get, um, you know, the super soldier serum legacy to people or to himself. Maybe he wants to use it to himself mm. to further enhance his brain. But I definitely feel like um, it's it's going to be Liv Tyler, sorry, not Liv Tyler, Benny Ross's science that um, um, the leader probably wants to uh, get, get at nice. to uh, help synthesize um, this, this new superpowers within people because he's obsessed with uh -huh. just improving people and like getting rid of sickness and that's his whole MO. So um, I feel I like feel it's it. Liv Tyler is going to be Lutheran's character is going to be a big um, help for him. I think the leader, I, it's so interesting. 
Okay, so those are two things. I realize I just fridged. Uh, <laughs> I just fridged the hell out of Betty Ross. So take I take back everything <laughs> I said. Do not kill her. Do not turn her into a red she hulk to make him go higher. Um, switch it up. Make him red hulk. Either way. So and then secondly, I still want to believe that the leader because it's like we don't know where he was this entire time. And um, Emil Blonsky <laughs> knocked him out. Hit him like he hit his head on the ground. The blood went into his head. So I think he still has that. Like, yeah, this is the guy that broke into my lab, forced me to give him the Hulk blood, turned him into a wild man, and then I got turned by being just under his control. So I want to believe that the leader has just been sitting there the entire time, watching Emil Blonsky turn, watching him turn into like from a heel to a good guy, and just being like, this guy sucks. And so I think Emil Blonsky's kind of a bitch. I or not Emil Blonsky. I think the leader is kind <laughs> of a bitch. And I like the idea that the leader is going to be so like underhanded foolish and is probably still tied with the intelligentsia in some way. Not just because it's in the comics, but just because I'm like, how are you the guy? If you're that powerful, how did you watch Emil Blonsky, the guy that beat you up, took on Harlem, did all these things. And then you just stood by and let that happen as you slowly turned into a villain. Like, I think you just are playing kind of a, a bitch game. Well, like, we, we don't know exactly where um, the leader is now, but like we do know that he was under Shield um, containment for ever since the, mm -hmm. the Hulk um, movie. So, like, um, I mean, Shield has collapsed, and all that has happened since. So, like, who knows where he went? But like, um, maybe he was—he's just still in containment or, or being used by Val. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, it's just him being a watcher rather than an active member does make mm -hmm. him a little bit of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think agree. the. I think with the title like New World Order, I think the the goal of this fourth Captain America film will be to expose the history of government operations, kind of the cloak and dagger operations, the, you know, kind of the secret projects. And that includes uh, Weapons Plus. I mean, that like I think exposing the history of the Captain America super soldier program, that's what the first Hulk movie was. So they've always shared that DNA, the, the first Hulk film, the phase four one Hulk movie, the face one Captain America movie. And I think this movie could kind of bring it back together uh, with a character like Thaddeus Ross. The fact that Isaiah Bradley is going to be in this as well just kind of tells you that those uh, those storylines from the Falcon, the Winter Soldier of like what the United States government was doing the latter half of the 20, 20th century, uh, how Hydra corrupted that operation and how um, really the one with all the secrets to all of that history is Thaddeus Ross. Um, I think he's going to be an interesting character to just mine for information. I mean, there was that detail. Remember in the Falcon Winter Soldier credit sequence, how it says, like, refer all information referring to this file to Secretary Ross, Th Secretary Thaddeus Ross. And we all thought Thaddeus Ross was going to show up in Falcon Winter Soldier, and he didn't. Um, I, I think all that stuff is going to show back up in, in this show. Uh, we'll see if the, the Tiamat theories end up coming true. Uh, but I think the more likely reach theory I'm going to go with for New World Order is something like Wolverine. I think uh, at least establishing that history, um, uh, I think that's going to be that's why Ross is so important. That's what I'm thinking story. about with Sabra, because we don't have we've never been introduced to her. So was she someone that changed because of the soldiers, super soldier serum or what they have already? And that's why I think it's more her than it, I think it's going to be an X-Men. But I also am like there's so much happening in New World Order that I'm kind of. I'm not scared, but I'm just like, okay, if we're going to start going over like the X gene, if we're going to be going through the Hulk blood again, if we're going through the super soldier serum again, and then we have Falcon and then we have Hot Sa uh, Sabra and then we have the Hulks. Wh what is, is the main focus just the science part of this or is it the government part of this or? 
I think the main focus is the plan. <laughs> like, What's I the think, plan? like, <laughs> What's the I, plan? I, I, put, uh, put that on a thumbnail. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, the government's plan for super soldiers and for superheroes mm-hmm. and superheroes that they can control. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think the plan is going to be, like, the mutant plan, but, like, uh, falling short of mutants, things like super soldiers, like hulks. You know, like, you know, like Wolverines. We might not get Wolverine introduced yet, but I think they're going to show us like, hey, the government had like, uh, it, it was like the boys. Like, we're going to oh, see the like boys the, side of the MCU. Um, like the how money, the they profit. were trying to control super superheroes. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the military interests that and the like geopolitical that. interests that. They oh, to do you think they'll get into the disease that was in Cap- uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, because we got asked a lot about like that whole uh, uh Donya Madani storyline from, and then that there might have been a, a pandemic related subplot. And now, to be clear, the director and the head writer, I almost included this in, in my recent investigation, but the director and the head writer both insist that whatever was removed from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was not a virus subplot, but it was something that, like, just like didn't work. And it was something within the Flag Smashers in the character um, of Donya Madani, their matriarch, who was just randomly killed off despite being cast as Veronica Falcone, who's like a very talented, big name actress. Um, so I think it was something to do where she was kind of there, there Isaiah Bradley. Like she was part of this history of the super soldier program. And then for whatever reason, like the stuff just didn't come together. Maybe the scenes just didn't really make sense with other things they were working on and they had to trim it down. Uh, but I think they might use that, the whole history of super soldier programs around the world and in different uh, governments um, could be established oh, in New World I Order. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I feel like the common thread in New World Order, specifically um, with um, the leader being the main antagonist, is mm-hmm. just superhuman people mm-hmm. um, in general, people that are extra human. So like your super soldiers fall under that, your hulks, your mutants um, potentially fall under that as well. So I think that New World Order could be that catalyst that pushes the enhanced human, the overall enhanced human narrative forward um, in in all three of those respects. Um, it's sort of just to prepare us for the mutant saga um, furthermore. So, yeah. Perfect. I love this. And there's more theories on its way when we get back into Inside Marvel. But first... We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors that help bring Inside Marvel to you. When you're waiting around for your character to get brought back into the MCU, you're going to want to get a good night's sleep. And for years, we here at New Rockstars have trusted our sleep to Helix. Helix makes premium mattresses and bedding that are customized to fit your needs and conveniently shipped right to your door. Which Helix mattress is right for you? Don't worry about it. Helix made a sleep quiz that matches your unique body type and sleep preference to the perfect mattress just for you. Based on your different sleep positions and firmness preferences, they have something for everyone's unique taste. And if you sleep with a partner, you can take the sleep quiz together and find something that's perfect compromise for the both of you. I love my Helix mattress. Again, I told you I'm a big bodied woman. I'm a thick lady. I'm a she-hulk and my bed is perfectly fit for my size. And I sleep alone. Actually, I sleep with my cat. So it's perfect for both of us. The best part about all of this is that Helix delivers your mattress right to your door with free shipping in the u.s plus helix has a 100 night sleep trial so you get more than three months to make sure that you love it or you'll get a full refund helix mattress has a 10-year warranty and they even offer financing options and flexible payment plans so a great night's sleep is never too far away i love my helix mattress and i think you would too if you're looking for a new bed check out helix you can click the link below or go to helixsleep.com inside marvel to get 20 percent off your helix mattress plus two free pillows that's helixsleep.com inside marvel all right guys our next question for today is what is the full arc for guardians of the galaxy volume three great question because this movie's coming okay you guys yes okay. i cannot wait 
I know that I, MT, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to hear what you have to say about this. So James Gunn, yes. I'm just going to, I'm going to summarize what he's been talking about lately. So James Gunn left no room for fat. He, his words, not mine. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, explaining in a series of tweets that though this is the longest of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, running at nearly two and a half hours, which isn't as long as like, it isn't as long as Endgame, right? Endgame was like three hours. Endgame was three hours and two minutes. I think Endgame was it's the only one to break three hours. I mean, two and a half for a movie, I'm always like, it's too long. But this is better than, or is not as long as the other ones to me. I don't think it's that long. Either way. It doesn't matter to me. I bring my <laughs> catheter, so you're, I'm uh, fine. You're disgusting. This one, <laughs> this one in particular needed to be this long to really experience the full arc of every major Guardians character, as he said. He fully said in the suite, and I promise not a second is wasted. There's no fat. It was necessary to experience the full arc for every major Guardians character, not only for this film, but for the trilogy, or should I say trilogy plus. And when he's saying trilogy plus, he's talking about his movies, the Guardians 1, 2, and 3. And the plus is the holiday special Infinity War and Endgame. But he also mentioned in an interview with Total Film recently, the most important thing for me was Rocket's story. And then following that, everybody else. Rocket is the secret protagonist of the Guardians of the Galaxy and has always been the center of it for me. And this is really fulfilling that. The reason I came back and decided to do this movie was because I really felt like Rocket's story needed to be told and it was left hanging after volume two. So that's the most important thing. The end has always been like the looming phrase for all the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And the synopsis even mentions that uh, if they're not successful in this mission, it could possibly lead to the end of their story altogether. And I feel like using the word arc implies that it's an end point. So what is the full arc? What is it? What is it? I get I get that like um, Rocket is the point is your is your point. You're like, we need to go over his. But I guess what is the full arc to the Guardians franchise? to his storyline and to the characters. Well, I, I think um, overall, especially for Rocket, I think the, the overall arc for Rocket is, is finding his family, but also dealing with his past, dealing with your past and following your family. That's, that's the whole thing with Guardians. And then we saw that with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 with Peter and him um, confronting his dad and like him finally getting to meet his dad and him realizing that his dad was an asshole and overcoming that and him being happy with the family that he got. But Rocket's story was still very much being told throughout that trilogy. And, and it wasn't finished with Guardians 2, like James said. Um, because like we we we, we blah, 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 I just totally glitched out. Because remember with Yondu um and Rocket, that whole um relationship in Guardians 2 was super special because Yondu saw um himself in Rocket and, and how damaged he was and how his past kept him from moving forward and, and developing um a real family. Um, and he, cause he, he, they both thought that they weren't lovable. Like they weren't like, they, they were just so irredeemable. And like at the end of gardens, guardians two, Peter says, no, like, it's fine. We'll always forgive you. And I think that's really important. And so now that, um, they, they're all a family rocket still has to resolve his past with um, the high evolutionary, much yeah. like Peter resolved his, um, issues with his dad. Oh, so okay. that's sort of that main thing it's like all right you can't really move forward with your new family if you're still hung up on your old family type of deal and the rest of them had like families that kind of got like drax is kind of actually drex i don't know th technically i guess it came to a conclusion but nebulas definitely did and then mantis we kind of figure out that she's the sister to star lord so it's like it feels like everyone kind of got right. a story fully Maybe well, well, not really, because like we we still have Mantis who's just who's still trying to find her place in the world. Mm. Um, you know, Nebula lost her sister, and like that was the only family that she had left after you know Thanos got uh, snapped away. 
So there's still stuff left there. There's Drax and his, um, you know, how to, where does Drax go from here? Mm. He, Thanos is gone. So like, what's his um, ending? Um, so like all those little stories need to be wrapped up, especially also uh, Adam Warlock and that little teaser at the end of Guardians 2. That's a big um, uh, story about fathers um, coming up there. Um, but yeah, it should be really great. I love Guardians. It's a family story. It's all about dads and, and finding new family. Yeah, I think there is um, kind of an inherent theme to James Gunn's work as a, as a whole, but especially in these Guardians of the Galaxy films of brokenness, accepting one's scars and flaws as part of your identity, and being able to find that as a common link with a found family, as opposed to the family you were born into. That was especially the case in vo- volume two, right? Uh, Peter had to choose between the his- the family he chose, the family who chose him, and the family that, you know, didn't necessarily choose him. He was just kind of born into. There might be a more of a kind of a darker, more of a mature discussion that's explored in volume three of does my existence do more harm mm. to the universe mm. than good? I love that. Um, because you have to think of it in terms of Rocket. Like they, all of these characters were kind of born out of these tragic circumstances. Like Peter Quill only exists because Ego horrifyingly uh, wooed Meredith Quill and then left her with a brain tumor. Um, Mantis is also the spawn of Ego. Um, uh, a nebula at this point is part machine, part uh, uh, carbon creature, but like they, they've all used to be children of Thanos and committed these war crimes. Uh, and Rocket, Rocket kind of has this like, I compare it to that, that really sad Meowth episode of oh. the Pokemon animated series. <laughs> yeah. Right? Where he was trying, <laughs> where there was like, he, there was this other cat that he fell in love with. Yes, and uh, Because she one. was obsessed with people. He's like, oh, I'll turn myself into a person who walks on two legs and I'll talk. And then like, she was like, oh, you're a freak. <laughs> and then that's why he's so sad. And he joins Team Rocket to try to kill Ash and Pikachu. Uh, it's like, so sad. And I feel like there's something there with Rocket. Like, uh, Rocket may feel like we are, uh, by being the product of the high evolutionary, I allowed the high evolutionary to profit off of myself. And I gave himself a template, a blueprint to use to create all these other creatures who are have these buried mental health issues, you know? So, like, yeah, I don't know if that's, like, a, a ponderance on self-destruction and on existence as a whole. But, like, I think the Guardians of the Galaxy may be dealing with the fact that the the galaxy doesn't want them to guard them anymore. So they're mm. kind of feeling mm. this sense of redundancy. Are, are we actually helping right now or are we creating more problems? That's so sad. Mm. It's that. so sad, but I like, I feel like even when he's going to James Gunn going off to DC, like that was like the big tweet that he <laughs> said about uh Superman legacy that he was just like, yeah, it's the day my dad passed away. And it's a lot of like, these are like our families and remembering, but also dealing with the most saddest things in the world. Maybe I hate, I hate saying it, but it's also true. Uh, from sadness usually comes joy. And maybe that's like what the Guardians 3 is going to be is like, it's going to be succumb to sadness, but it's going to be like a breath of fresh air for them. Um, God damn. Well, any happy words yeah, before no, I, I sign off on this? <laughs> <laughs> no, like if there is if there's anything that James Gunn knows how to do, it's write a really great story yeah. about dads because James Gunn really loved his dad um a lot. And like you could you could see that in all of his um movies. And like I love that he's going to be doing Superman Legacy specifically mm-hmm. for this reason, because Superman is a massive story about dads. Um and like I think the legacy part of Superman Legacy is going to be about 
him being a like his him being the son of two two fathers. So um yeah, it's gonna be fun. Gonna be great. Can't wait. And uh, to to put a positive spin on this, like uh, I think what's what I'm excited for this is we might actually get a finite yeah. ending. Yes. Um, to to something in the MCU, and I think we often associate endings with death, but endings are just transformations, right? Uh, and I think you know if you think of uh, Return of the King, where Frodo goes to the Grey Havens and he leaves because I think he views like he's like ah, this uh, Middle Earth is not for me anymore. Mm-hmm. I need to move on. I need to find a new adventure, and that's how stories can end. It's just characters just leave each other, and this era of their life is over, but they are going to find a greater happiness and peace. By doing something else that is not like so mired in conflict. Right. That when we watch these protagonists in movies, we're often seeing the most traumatic phases of their lives. So just to let that character be happy and live their best life, just take them out of these these war scenarios, please. <laughs> take them out of these war scenarios, please. Yes, James will do a great send-off. You guys, that's it for this episode of Inside Marvel. Remember to subscribe to the Deep Dive channel at Deep Dive NR. Follow me at Lulu underscore Clemens. Follow Eric at EA Voss. And follow MT at Mastertainment. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you guys later. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>